Come on, how you guys doing? Yeah. Yeah, it's good to be here. If you don't know, uh, my name's Tim Gilly. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. I was locked inside the youth department for about 12 years here. It took me about 12 years for for them to say you can graduate and come out of the junior high. But uh, no, uh, excited to be here again. My name's Tim Gillard, my wife Rachel. She's the beautiful one on the front row. And then also behind, my in-laws came out. So uh, it's, a, it's already a good night. We don't even need to really go much farther, but we're gonna go a lot farther. Um, I'm excited about what, what God's put on my heart for, for tonight. I kinda spent some time sitting in this, this book Sitting on this verse, just kind of looking at what God was saying, um, and I believe he's got something good. So uh, if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open to Colossians, the book of Colossians. We're going to kind of sit there. Um, I, don't know if you know, I don't know if you know much about the church of Colossae that, that Paul was writing to. See, basically, we look and we see a book, and it says Colossians at the top, and if we're not careful, we kind of sit there and say, oh, this was a book that was written, and it's nice, and it's cool, and it's got some good sayings in it, but, but, but if you look a little deeper at sometimes the context of what it was written, uh, of the culture in which it was written to, and give you a little bit of illustration of what's going on. So uh, we, we look and we see the book of Colossians, but really it's simply a letter that was written to the church of Colossae at that time. Now, when we think of church, we kind of picture something like this. We picture a, a, a building that people would go to on like a Sunday and they would have a worship experience and then they would go home. But, but that's not what the biblical church was. The biblical church was people gathered. That's what the word church comes from. It's ecclesia and it's gathered ones, essentially. It's those that are gathering. So if you look at, if you look at this, this is, this is the people that believed in Christ that gathered together in the, the, the city of Colossae. Now, the city of Colossae, once it was a, a pretty hopping city, but by the time Paul was writing this letter, it was probably more of a, a what, a smaller city in that region. Um, they, they had a lot of pagan worship going on and some different stuff going on. And, uh, and when we think of, when we think of growing, uh, growing in God, we, we naturally go to, you know, spend time in the Bible, and we think of, you know, hopping on like version or something like that. Or I, I personally like the website Bible Hub. It gives you a lot of good information if you want to go and study some stuff. But back then, that's not really what happened. You see, someone that had a, a heart for God would go to a church and they would begin to share about Jesus Christ, share what Jesus did on the cross. They didn't have a Bible that they would take. Really what they had was just uh, the, the experience of what they had experienced with God. They had stories of what they've heard, uh, of what they, what, they, what they heard happen to Jesus. And they had Old, Test- Old Testament scriptures, scrolls if you would. That, that's what they had. See, nowadays it's like if we have issues, we can, you know, hop online and look at pastor's latest sermon. We can, we can go, to, go to winning at home to get help. But back then it was like, nope, you're kind of on your own as a church. And then there's people that are apostles like the Apostle Paul. And he might be an apostolic person to that church. He might speak into it. But it's not like email today where it's, it's, it's communication that would happen very infrequently. 
So you've got this church that's in a city that's kind of go, declining in some ways. You've got, you've got these Christians who are trying to live for God but might not really know how to live for God. And then you have this guy named Paul who has heard about the church in Colossae, and now he's writing to the church uh, in this city. And I, I don't know about you, but I personally believe that, that Paul was very careful about exactly what he wrote in his letters. And he wrote this verse. And about six months ago, I read this verse. Have you guys ever, have you guys ever read a verse and like a light comes on when you read it and you're like, oh, I see that in a different way. You know, we, we've probably done that where you're like, you've read it, you know, you've read it like a hundred or a thousand times before. But this particular time when you read it, also it's like, whoa, I've never seen that before. And that's kind of what happened in this verse for me in the book of Colossians. I'm reading out of the NASB version. But um, so uh, Colossians 2, Colossians 2, verse 5. This is what Paul says. He, for, he says, for even though I am absent in the body, nevertheless, I am with you in the spirit and then he says this, rejoicing to see your good discipline and your stability of faith in Christ. And I can, you can really easily read that and just be like, oh, I'm, I'm rejoicing to see your good discipline and your stability of faith in Christ. But then I, I took a step back and I said, why did Paul choose to say that these are the two things that he's rejoicing to see? He's not rejoicing to see the number of people that are in the church. He's not rejoicing to see how well they do at following different uh, strict religious things. He said, no, I'm, I'm rejoicing to see your good discipline and your stability of faith. And I began to look at this and I said, well, what is it about good discipline? And what is it about stability of faith that's so important to Paul? You see, Paul's a man that's traveled around. He would go from city to city. He would stay in a city for a while, and he'd plant a church. And then he'd leave that city, and he'd get letters from that city talking about all the stuff that's going on. So then he'd respond to that letter, or he might hear about what's going on. So he writes a letter to that, that, that church, and then that's how we get our, our, our letters in the Bible, the epistles in the Bible. But, but in this very moment, he says, I rejoice to see your good discipline and your stability of faith. And this is kind of what God put on my heart with these two terms, that, that these two terms are really at the heart of being successful in your life with Christ. If you want to be successful in your life with Christ, you need to have good discipline. You need to have it. And then after that, you need to have stability of faith. So I want to look at these two terms real quick. Good discipline and stability of faith. Um, in, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, you don't have to flip there. I'm just going to read it real quick. Um, talking about good discipline, Paul's, Paul's a pretty big, per, he, he's a pretty big proponent of associating with people that have good discipline. He's like, you have to make sure you surround yourselves with people that discipline themselves well. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flesh this out a little bit in a second. But this is what it says in 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 6. Now, now Paul's saying this right here, and he's, um, he's, he's saying, be weary about hanging out with people that, that don't have good discipline. This is what he says. He says, now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from every brother. That's pretty strong verbiage. You keep away from every brother who leads an unruly life. 
So Paul's saying it's very important to keep order in your life, so much so that it's very important that you make sure that the people you hang out with, they keep order in their life. And that's what Paul's saying to the church of Colossae. He's saying, I look forward to the day when I could come and see you, and I can see that you have good discipline. Good discipline. I was, I was kind of thinking about this a little bit, and uh, I read this book called The Compound Effect, and the author, he talks about how if we could set up good discipline in our lives in the little areas, good discipline in little areas over a long time equals great achievement. And this is kind of this is kind of the, the 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 thing he's going at. He's like, if you could take and order your life, because if you look if you look at this verse and the words that used, it literally means like to order your life. In the compound effect, the author he's writing and saying, if you can order your life in the little areas. It'll make the biggest effect in the, the end. And that's what Paul's kind of looking at with this church. He's saying, I look forward to seeing your good discipline. See, Paul understands the difficulty of living for Christ in pagan cultures. Not only does he experience, but he's also an apostolic uh, leader over churches that are experiencing every day what it means to live in a pagan culture. So Paul's exhorting. He's saying, guys, if you want to be successful... He's saying if you want to be successful, you need to have discipline. You need to order your life. You need to organize your life in such a way that it will, purport, that it will push you into success. Um, if you look, a lot of scholars look at the Church of Colossae, and they, they, they say that the Church of Colossae, the, or the, I shouldn't say the Church of Colossae, um, the people of Colossae, this is kind of what they would do. It's called syncretism. I think it's called syncretism. Make sure I pronounce that right. Um, what they would do is they would take different parts of different religions and bring them together and kind of make this like spaghetti of different religions, this salad maybe of different religions that's got different parts of all this stuff. And they would say, well, this is what I believe. This is my, my thoughts. And, and they, they would kind of bring all these things together. So this is what Paul says. Listen, guys, in Colossae, listen, church, if you want... If you want to be successful, you've got to make sure that you have good discipline so you don't look and say, I want this part of Christianity, but I want this part of another religion. No, he's saying, you've got to make sure that you take and have good discipline so that you understand exactly what you need to believe. Paul challenges them, don't, don't get weary. Don't let, don't let things change. Be strong, stand up, have good discipline. Have good discipline. Um, basically, uh, God's saying that we have to have good discipline in our life. We have to have good order. The imagery uh, that, this, that this caused me to think about, how many of you guys have small kids or grandkids? Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> can you put that picture up? This is, this is the best thing when you're walking through your house and you look into your kid's room and this is what you see, Right? And this is what I would say about this. There is no order in that room. There's no order. There's no discipline in organizing that room. You see, discipline in this context is the, the being purposed about taking the energy and the effort necessary to say, I'm going to keep my life organized. Because how many of you guys know it's easy to go into the room, toss the toy on the floor, rather than put it in the basket that's a foot away from it, right? That's what kids say. It's, he, it's easier. 
And then you try to get them to clean up. Getting my kids to clean up, challenging. I do have one trick. I tell them, I want you to pick up 10 toys. If I give them a number, they search for 10 toys. But the imagery in this verse is kind of the opposite of that picture. It's saying we've got to make sure in our lives that we pour forth the effort and the energy necessary to keep our lives in order. Because if we don't put forth energy and effort necessary on purpose, this is what happens in our room. This is also what can kind of happen in our lives. And this is what Paul's saying to the church. He's saying, don't let the outside influence you. Instead, put forth effort Put forth energy so that you're ready and you can take care of it and you set things in order so that this doesn't happen in your spiritual life. I truly believe that Paul experienced a lot of times uh, when he would hear about a church and he would kind of probably put his head in his hand and say, how in the, Lord, how in the way, like how did that happen? You know, what happened there? Like, how did that person fall that far? Because if we're not careful, disorder happens. So we have to be purposed about it. Paul's saying if we want, if we want success in this life, we, and if we want to finish the race strong, then we need to put forth the effort to keep ourselves and our relationship with God and others ordered. We need to have good discipline. We need to be able to control ourselves. This, this, is, uh, this is the ability to say no when we need to say no and yes when we need to say yes. That's what Paul's saying. He's like, have good discipline. The ability to control yourself, the ability to order yourself. Paul says if we want to have success in our life, the first thing we need to have is, is good discipline. And then he adds this second statement on it and he says, stability of faith. I, I'm, I'm eager or I'm longing or I'm excited. I'm rejoicing to see your good discipline and your stability of faith in Christ. Paul understood this with his lifestyle, with him traveling. He understood the importance of having stability of faith. Um, he, he, he would understand it because he would experience people falling and people backing down and churches getting whacked out in some ways You've probably had it where you, you meet a person and they're so strong and, you know, you don't see them for like three months or six months or three years and all of a sudden you go on Facebook and you, you see the Facebook post and you say, how did that happen? Like, what happened to that person? Like, make up a person. Jim, Jim was so strong and now he's gone so far. I've been on staff here for uh, 12 years was a little bit where I was off staff, but pretty much 12 years. I started interning in 2006. There are people that I interned with that their faith seems so strong and now they seem so lost. Paul experienced that. He would travel to a city and he would, he would, he would wonder, how did this happen? So Paul's looking at the church of Colossae and, and he's, he's kind of challenging them and saying, you need stability of faith. Your faith needs to be stable. Do you know what, what's true about stable things? You can trust them. You want to know what's true about unstable things? You can't trust them. 
if there's stability, if it's stable, if you've experienced it, you're good. If you've experienced instability in something, you don't trust it. How many of you guys have sat down on a chair and you kind of start to feel the chair and you're like, whew, this chair doesn't quite feel stable. When you're in a chair that's not stable, you can't relax. You're kind of on edge. You're like, is it going to give out? Is a leg going to fall off? Stability. Paul is saying you need stability of faith. Stability doesn't change over time. Stability is consistent. It gives the oppression of sure footing. It's founded. It's unwavering. It's long lasting. I think of ancient buildings. I get so confused how today we can have like so much technology and we can put forth so much money and we build a building and the thing will start to fall apart in like five years. Yet the, the ancient civilizations would build things like pyramids that are lasting for thousands of years. How is that even possible? They understood stability. There's a building. Can you throw up that picture of that building? Uh, this is the Millennium Tower in San Francisco. An examination in 2016 showed that the building had sunk 16 inches with a 2-inch tilt at the base and approximately 6 inches at the top of the tower. The building is leaning towards the northwest and has caused cracks in the basement and the building's basement and the pavement surrounding the tower. As of 2018, the sinking has increased to 18 inches with a lean of 14 inches. How many of you guys want to buy a house there? It's condos. Anyone want to live on the top floor? <laughs> Literally, each condo in that place sold for millions of dollars. It was built uh, just over 10 years ago, I think. Maybe 12 years ago. And in that time, 17 inches down with a 14-inch tilt. When things aren't stable, it doesn't, you don't trust it. I'm not going in that building. Someone's not going to pay me to go in that building because, because I don't trust it. I want something that's stable. Now, I'd go in a pyramid, right? I'd go check out a pyramid. I'm sure you guys probably would too. But I wouldn't go in that building. The, the sad thing is, is with that building, that building costs so much money. And nowadays, it would be so hard to sell one of those condos. Because there's, because there's no stability. People aren't jumping at the opportunity to live there because of lack of stability. Paul looks at the church of Colossae and he says, if I can challenge you with one thing, have stability in your faith. Make sure that your faith is sounded on something so strong that it isn't moving. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is the same. Paul's looking at the church of Colossae and he's saying, if I, could, if I can encourage you with two things, the first one, have good discipline. Be willing to put forth effort in your life so that things don't come at you and affect you. The second thing Paul says, the, the second thing is, you have to have stability 
of faith. Your faith, you should grow in God, but your faith needs to be strong today as it was yesterday and as it will be tomorrow. You need to keep chasing after him. How come so many people... When they first get saved, they're so excited for God, but then five years later, they're not as excited for God. Paul's looking at the church of Colossae and he's saying, have stability. Have stability of faith in Christ. Have stability. Have your faith be something that's so stable that you can trust it. Don't let your faith sink 17 inches and start tilting by 14 inches. Have it be strong. There's a, there's a story in the Bible, a, a parable, where Jesus is talking about the, the, the sower of the seeds, the casting of the seeds. And this, this, this farmer's out, and he's casting seeds. And it says that some seed falls on the path, and it's hard, and birds come down. And then some seed falls on, on rocky soil, and the sun comes out, and it dries up, and the, the plants can't live. Uh, some seed falls, it says, some seed falls among the thorns, And when it says some seed falls among the thorns, it says the cares of the world creep up and choke out the seed and it dies. That's what this is talking about. We need to set our faith on something stable. Our faith needs to be stable so that the things of this world won't push against us and begin to change us. See, we're not supposed to let circumstances determine our faith, we're supposed to use our faith to filter our circumstances. So many people walk around living life thinking, there's things coming against me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm dealing with a sickness or someone, someone else is sick or I'm having trouble getting a job or something else. And they make it so that their circumstances begin to tilt and change their faith where, where God says no. Let your faith filter your circumstances. Make it so you see your circumstances through your faith. You want to know what? I might be dealing with this right now, but I'm healed in the name of Jesus Christ. I may be experiencing this right now, but God says that I'm blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. I am the head. I'm not the tail. I'm above and not below. I'm the son or the daughter. I'm the son of the king. We, we shouldn't let our circumstances press in and affect our faith. Paul's looking at the church of Colossae and he's saying, even though the city may be changing, even though you're living in a place where there's a lot of crazy stuff going on and people just start believing this random stuff, even though you're far away from me, even though, even though there, uh, there, there may be people that are challenging you, have stability of faith, have stability of faith. So the question is, what does this look like for us today? What does it look like for Tim or you I'm talking about myself because I'm me. (laughs) What does it look like for me to have stability of faith? What does it look like for me to have good discipline? Something I've realized 
in my life. Maybe this is true about you, maybe it's not. Sometimes it's hard to do the right thing. Sometimes it's hard to stand up to the person that's being a punk in the office. Sometimes it's hard. Okay, moment of reality. It's really hard for me because I'm doing the righteous thing, right? (laughs) When I'm driving down the highway and construction zone is coming up, the sign says left lane closed one mile, so I get over to the right. Sometimes it's really hard to not get really frustrated at the person that's flying by me to cut in up in front of me, right? So, I'm, I'm joking about that. You can do that. That's fine. I might get frustrated at you, but it's okay. It's, <laughs> it's hard to do the right thing. It's hard to keep your mouth shut when your boss is yelling at you and cussing you out because you believe in Christ. It's hard to do the right thing. It's hard to do the right thing when you get shafted and you end up getting fined because of it. It's hard to do the right thing. It's hard. Sometimes... Sometimes it's challenging to keep faith strong in the midst of a storm. Sometimes it's hard when your life seems like it's, I won't say sometimes, it's hard when your life feels like it's falling apart to stand there and say, God, I still believe that you're a good God. It's hard. But can I, can I, encourage us in this way if we can keep ourselves disciplined and if we can keep our faith strong we win because ultimately it comes down to we're sons and daughters of the king we're here temporarily on assignment here but we've got eternity to spend it in the most amazing place that none of us can even begin to imagine. But how many people, how many people lose sight of what's coming because they're frustrated about today or yesterday? So the same advice I think that Paul gives to the church of Colossae, I think Paul would look at us and he would give us the same advice. He would get out his had a paper actually he probably didn't write it he spoke it and someone else wrote it but for the illustration Paul would pull out his piece of paper and he'd say to the church of resurrection life in Granville Michigan I long and I'm excited about the day when I'll come to you and I'll see your good discipline And I'll see your stability of faith in Christ. Would you guys do me a favor? Can you close your eyes for a minute? I want to take about a minute and rest here. And I want all of us to begin to ponder these two aspects of our life. Some of us sitting here, and I'm, I'm including me in this, and 
probably all of us in some ways can think of an aspect in our life where we could say, you want to know what? I could, I could be a little more disciplined in this area. I could be a little bit more disciplined to spend time reading the Bible a little bit more. I could do that. I could be a little bit more disciplined to spend time worshiping. I could be a little bit more disciplined to keep things organized in my home so that it's more peaceful there. I could be a little bit more disciplined. uh, I'm gonna speak to myself for a second. I could be a little bit more disciplined in the way I respond to my kids when they're acting in a way I don't think they should. All of us could probably think of areas where we can be a little bit more disciplined. Let's flip the coin, let's look at that other side. Stability of faith. There's areas in our life where we could say, I can, I can have a little bit more stability of faith. I can I cannot let circumstances affect the way I feel in this area. So let's take about a minute and I want you to begin to think about those two aspects and, and quietly in your heart begin to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, is there any area in my life where I need more stability of faith or is there any area in my life where I need more discipline? This is what I'm going to have you do. Because sometimes we can have God lay something on our heart, and it's really easy to not follow through with it. So um, if you want, while everyone's still got their eyes closed, you can kind of, buy like, real quick, pull out your phone. And you can send yourself an email or a text or a reminder for tomorrow or, or later today so that you can make a note of this is the area in which God is highlighting me right now to put a little bit more effort. to do that if you're in the, in the process. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask one more question. My question is simple. Have you begun your relationship with God? See, 2,000 years ago, something miraculous happened that changed the course of human history forever. It was when God stepped down and became a man. And when God was a man, Jesus Christ, he lived a perfect life on this earth. When he lived the perfect life, he went to the cross to restore our relationship with God. See, we were meant to be in friendship with God. Have you entered into that friendship with God? 
I'm not worried if you know exactly what everything means, but in your heart, do you know that you've entered that friendship? I'm going to count to three, and if you'd say, today I have not done that, but I want to do that right now. When I count to three, I just want you to raise your hand. Here we go. This is it. One, two, three. Raise up your hand if that's you. I'm going to go ahead and pray over us here. Father, thank you for every person that is in this building. Father, every person in this room, but every person in this building down to the, the smallest little baby in the nursery, the, the youth and the, the kids' ministry going on. Father, every person serving, every person sitting in this room. Father, we thank you that you love us so much. Thank you that you have so many good things for us. Father, thank you that you've planted here, planted us here in, in West Michigan with purpose and with intention. We choose right now to give ourselves completely to you everything we have. We surrender our lives to you. Father, as we've talked about these two areas, this, this idea of good discipline, Father, we ask you that, that you would give us the strength we need to have good discipline. Father, that we can put in practice and order our lives the way that you would call us to order our lives that we would put you first, that we would put our family up there, that we would put our friends up there, that we, would, that we would chase after the things of you before anything else. Father, we ask you for this idea of, of, of stability of faith. Lord, help us to have faith that is so stable that it withstands every test that could ever come against it. We just thank you for it. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen.